leverage. Make no mistake about it, doing what's right makes a difference. People may look at you like some kind of goody two-shoes or Mr. or Mrs. Holier Than Thou, but that's okay. Doing what's right will keep favor and blessing over your life. And I know we don't deserve the goodness of God, but that's not the point. So often we try to make sense of our deservingness because we are so used to earning our way in life. See, no matter what we do, we will not be deserving of God's mercy, grace, and love from which we receive both our daily provision as well as the desires of our heart. Again, our deservingness is not the point. If we waited to be deserving of what God gives, we would be waiting for the rest of our lives. Hear me and hear me well. We will never be deserving of what the Lord gives us. So I'm glad that what I enjoy is not predicated on whether I am deserving, but whether or not God is good. But just because I'm not deserving does not mean I can't live my life trying to be. Some people would call this self-righteousness, but I choose to call it the response of a grateful heart towards a loving God. And while I'm responding to the love of God from my grateful heart, I can't help but notice there are provisions associated with righteous behavior. Time and time again, we see God blessing those who live righteously. But in the same breath, we see unrighteous people receive goodness of the Lord as well. But the Bible does say in Matthew 5, 45, his rain falls on the just as well as the unjust, implying that the Lord watches over us all. See, some people will agree that it is God doing the righteous acts through us. And scripture verifies this perspective as true. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. However, here's a question. If God is doing the righteous acts without a submitted will, why does God, why does God ask us to obey? If our obedience is the act of God alone at work in us, then our righteous acts are nothing more than the exposition or the ex of a puppet master. So when I hear the scripture that I quoted from Ephesians say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I understand that the capacity to do what is good and right was placed in me by loving God. But the decision to do what God has placed in me is at my discretion. Otherwise it would not be love, but a robotic display of the master's hand and free will would only be a phrase and not a gift of God. So to live righteously is a gift given by God that I choose to operate my life out of. And in doing so, I bless the one who gave it to me. God, in response to my obedience, showers his favor on and over my life. And just for the record, I know that God's grace is unmerited. However, I can't reason away the blessings associated with living a righteous life. For instance, listen to someone. It says, blessed or happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, if we listen to the text, there is no mistaking the blessing associated with right living. 
As a matter of fact, it opens with a declaration of good news. It essentially says people are blessed or happy when they live righteously. Not only that, but because they delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his word, they are like a tree planted by rivers of water, which implies what they need to survive will always be close at hand. And if that were not enough, the writer says they will bring forth fruit when it is time and the tools needed to do the work of harvesting the abundance of God shall not diminish. And whatever they do shall prosper. All of this wonderful activity is connected to people who live righteously. God favors folk, hear me now, who seek to live their lives by the edicts of his word. Now listen to the opposite. The text says in verse four through six, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There is no mistaking the fact that God favors the righteous and is displeased with the unrighteous. Remember when Isaiah told Hezekiah that he was about to die in Isaiah chapter 38, Hezekiah was sick and nearing death. Isaiah came by, you know, kind of a matter of fact kind of way to deliver a message from the Lord. He told him, say, man, get your house in order. You about to die. But according to the text, Hezekiah didn't accept the pronouncement. The Bible says in verse, verses two and three that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. This is what he said. Remember now, O Lord, I pray. How I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah, the Bible says, wept bitterly. Notice how Hezekiah leaned in on the righteous acts he had done to produce leverage with God. Now, we all know that it is within God's prerogative to respond however God chooses. But it does not change the fact that Hezekiah had righteous acts to draw from when he began to cry. The text says that God responded to Hezekiah's tears with 15 more years. Was it the righteous acts of Hezekiah that got him 15 more years? Or was it God's mercy? Now, most theologians and believers would say it was God's mercy and they would be absolutely right. However, God's mercy responded to the request of a man who tried to live righteously. Either way, Hezekiah got 15 more years when he was at death's door. When we live righteously, God is pleased. And when we don't, God is displeased. According to Proverbs 16, verse 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Here's another one. Psalm 37, 23 through 25 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And then he says, I have been young. He creates some historical context for us in the text. He says, I've been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Once again, doing what's right creates leverage with God. And by the way, I know that word makes some people uncomfortable. 
but I don't mean it in the form of coercion as if we can make God do anything. I mean leverage much in the same way a child lovingly nudges their way up under a parent as if to remind them of their effort to do what pleases them. Our righteous acts are motivated by a love for God. He sees our efforts and responds with his grace and we are blessed. Now, here's one more scripture to top it all off. James chapter five, verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When we do what's right, God hears us more intently. It does not mean we'll always get what we want. Only that we have a special audience with a mighty good God. In other words, we've got leverage. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina. And you've been listening to Soul Food.